You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. In the New Living Translation, it says, This is Paul's reason for his writing. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am a special, special messenger from Christ, Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me and my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. My ambition, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. And then hear this from verse 21. I have been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures, where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. The word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning. All right, I am Mark McNelly. I am the director of outreach here at Schweitzer and leader of church at the center and the other outreach ministries. And um, many of you have been coming up to me and talking about uh, the new exciting transition in my life. Uh, this will be the last opportunity I get to preach to you here at 820. And so I want to, before I transition out and take a new exciting uh, position at Victory Mission, where I'll be working with the men there in recovery and housing and dreaming up another nonprofit opportunity that is, I believe God is calling me into. Uh, but I came to faith here about 10 years ago in January of 2008. I walked up right here. Bob Cassidy let me get up in a worship service and announced that I had just gotten saved and gave him my life to Christ. Uh, since then, I look out over your faces and, and you really have um, poured into me and loved me and taught me and prepared me for a life and a calling to follow Jesus. And I just want to personally, in the last opportunity I get here at 820, I just want to thank every one of you who have been a part of growing my faith. Thank you. All right, we are gonna be talking today about ambition. How many of you watched the movie The Bucket List with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson about 10 years ago? Yeah, two, oh, a lot of you, okay, I don't have to recap a lot. That's good. It was a funny movie, wasn't it? And what the whole theme behind it was, it put a nice little catchphrase around something that a lot of us think about. Like, what are, the, what are all those things that I wanna do before I kick the bucket? 
What am I ambitious about? What, are the, what experiences do I wanna have? What final things do I want to do before I die in this life? And just to remind you, if you uh, probably don't have these committed to memory, there were 13 things on the bucket list for Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. Witness something truly majestic. Okay, that's transcendent. Help a complete stranger, benevolence. Laugh until I cry. Drive a Shelby Mustang. Kiss the most beautiful girl in the world. Well, I'm married to her, so they didn't get a chance to do that. Get a tattoo, I think they did that. Uh, Skydiving. Visit Stonehenge. Drive a motorcycle on the Great Wall of China. Go on a safari. Visit the Taj Mahal. Sit on the great Egyptian pyramids and find the joy in your life. That's what they were ambitious about. That's what ended up on the bucket list that they spent the remainder of the movie pursuing. This is what drove them. This is what compelled them. These were the things that they, were, they had off in the distance. It was their compass in their life, the rest of their life. They were both terminal patients. They knew that the end was coming for them, which prompted their desire to get busy on this bucket list. It's what they were ambitious about. Today, we're gonna to talk about ambition through the lens of our Christian faith. And the definition of ambition, I looked it up, is a strong desire to do or to achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work. Well, in the text we looked at from Romans 15, there were two characteristics in there of Christian ambition. You see, Paul takes the idea of a bucket list 2,000 years before the movie, and he says, these are the things I'm ambitious about. This is what drives me. This is what compels me. I know the end is coming for me, and this is what I want to mark off of my bucket list. The first one we found right off the bat in verse 14. He talks about that the believers, after he had left there, the believers were teaching each other, that they, they were making each other more like Jesus, that they had this ability to take off the facade, to stop pretending to be something that they weren't, that they, they got down and dirty about the sin that was so easily entangling them, as the scripture said. They were learning together in community how to follow Jesus and how to become more holy. And he says that he was a priest, priest meaning he was representing the people to God and that he would go to God for them. And that's what his prayer would be for. Get in these, these smaller groups together, gather together, take the Lord's Supper, read the scriptures, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Really, don't just talk about these things. Don't have a, a professed conversion experience and then go about your everyday life. Change your entire life and center it on the person of Jesus Christ. Accountable relationships became the norm for the people and the Christians in Rome. The second thing we saw in verses 20 and 21 was that Paul didn't wanna go and preach to the choir. You ever heard the phrase preaching to the choir? Well, well Paul would go to the synagogue and, and he would proclaim that Jesus was the Messiah and they would kick him out shortly after that sermon. And then he would go. And, and the, the heart of Paul in verses 20 and 21 is, you know, I wanna go where people aren't already in love with Jesus. I wanna go proclaim the good news on the ground of the, the fertile soil where people don't have salvation. They don't know God's love for them is unconditional and unfailing. I wanna preach the gospel that says where, where no one has heard it before. Now, I'm not gonna get very many of you to leave this sermon today and go out and find some unreached people group in Africa and preach the gospel. So you might be sitting there thinking, 
How do I apply that to my life? We apply that to our life by opening our eyes up to the places in our world, in our circles of relationships, our everyday life, where the gospel hasn't taken over. Like, do you have a coworker who comes to you and they're struggling with your boss? You might be too. Do you have somebody in your life who just had a deep loss? Maybe the loss of a loved one, as we're praying for in our own church family. How about a betrayed spouse? Has anybody ever come to you and said, I, I, I found out my wife or my husband is doing this or doing that? Have you ever had somebody come to you and they're in an abusive relationship? Here's how that applies to every one of us. We, we run into these situations in our life. We find ourselves in these situations in our life. And God is up in heaven and his art is aching. And he wants, he's calling ambitious people like Paul to take the gospel into those conversations and into those circumstances. How do we express without a Bible track or without quoting scripture, but how do we just be the good news? You see, we talk about preaching the good news. We talk about preaching the gospel. And you know what? A lot of times what we need to do for people is be good news. You know, sometimes our life preaches louder than our lips. Amen? Have you ever heard the whole the phrase that uh, the, the atheist told the Christian? I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. Your life is speaking too loudly. I can't hear anything about this Jesus of yours because your life is not looking anything like what I believe the life of your Savior looked like. So that's what, who is your audience? Paul would do it with preaching the gospel with his lips. He would go into places where nobody had heard the gospel. But I promise in a post-Christian, less than 20% of the people showing up on church on Sunday, that there are places in your life and there are people in your life who don't have the gospel. Rather, should I say the gospel doesn't have them. So what are you ambitious about? I, I want to give you about 10-15 seconds here to kind of shape in your mind. We're going to stay on this thread the rest of the time, but what is your ambition? What would you put on your bucket list right now? If, if you had a pen and paper, what would you put on your bucket list? We talked about Martin Luther earlier. Uh, interesting part of that story I just learned. He was struck by lightning. Did you know Martin Luther was struck by lightning? I guess that might explain, partly explain the rest of his life. Um, he became pretty radical. Uh, in the book of Acts, we learn that the apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, was knocked off his horse. Familiar with the story? He's on his way to Damascus, and Jesus knocks him off his horse. Um, I believe at one point in every Christian's life, we get knocked off our horse. Maybe more than once for some of us. Or we get struck with lightning. And one of the things that can change, a lot of things can change. You can be healed of disease or strongholds or addictions, or you can be set free from anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Whenever you get struck by lightning, by the Holy Spirit, a lot of things can happen. One of those is your ambitions can be completely reshaped and transformed. You can change what goes on your bucket list whenever lightning strikes in your life. That happened to me 10 years ago. I mentioned that I came up here and, and said that I came to faith. Um, I lived a life very, very far from God 10 years ago and beyond. Just a, a really self-centered, horribly wicked man. And God came along in a Christian counselor's office and bam, 
knocked me off my horse. And my ambitions went from my bucket list in 2016 would have been world travel, growing a business, conquest of women, big parties, lots of friends, expensive cars, bigger houses, more success, lots of status. That's Mark McNally's bucket list 11 years ago. Now my bucket list is the life change plan and the essence behind what it stands for. We started almost a couple of years ago now, we started this thing called the life change plan at Schweitzer and what it is is a 12 month discipleship process where a mentor gets assigned to men and women who are in uh, group homes. They are on probation and parole, many of them, uh, court ordered to be in these group homes. And so we assign a mentor and they go through jobs for life and they go through faith and finances and they go through alpha and they have to give financially and they have to serve in the church and they have to be in Bible study and worship and they get this structure, they get this accountability and they do have some benefits that come along with their participation. This is the second graduating class from our life change plan. We have eight graduates this year in 2017. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that having eight go to 18, go to 118, go to 1,018 is now on my bucket list. Because the lives of Faith and Rich and Sammy Joe and Mac have been completely transformed. That was a place in each of their hearts and lives where the gospel had not yet reached. They have maybe been in and out of church but they had also been in and out of prison and jail and they had been in and out of addiction and they'd been in and out of destructive relationships. And now they've found a home right here in this church and they found Christ. Or rather Christ found them, right? He wasn't lost. Oh, that's what my Aunt Joyce told me after I came to faith. I found Jesus, Aunt Joyce. Honey, Jesus wasn't lost. So <laughs> that's, that's my ambition now. My ambition is to hear, if we could show the picture of Sammy Joe giving her testimony. We had around 140 in worship last Sunday night at church at the center. And this is Sammy Joe sharing her testimony. And she has come a distance that I don't have time to explain. It's breathtakingly inspiring. And I'm telling you, I've done a lot of things. I've traveled a lot of places. I've had a lot of fun, quote fun. And nothing is more inspiring and exhilarating and life-giving and fulfilling is standing on the stage with those four men and women who's had the gospel completely transform their life. That's what happens when our ambitions change. And then uh, oftentimes I mentioned my, my wife uh, earlier and her beauty. And so when people ask me, well, what did you like about your wife? We're coming up on two years of marriage. You know, what, what drew you to her, you know? And they're expecting me to say, well, she's incredibly gorgeous and she loves Jesus. And those are both very true, but part of what really drew me to her was this ambition for the same things that God put on my heart. This is a group of girls that went to the Design for Life conference, if we could show that picture. My wife has the little, the little ribbon there in the front, and she works for a nonprofit called I Pour Life. I Pour Life coaches and counsels uh, and mentors teens in the foster care system and helps them age out and prepares and develops them for aging out of the foster care system. And she got that job a year ago, but when we had our first conversations, this is what she talked about. She didn't talk about wanting to travel the world. She didn't talk about wanting to sit in a corner, she's very bright, sit in the corner office of a you know, 
Fortune 500 company. She didn't talk about wanting 15 kids and getting her own reality TV show, <laughs> which is really popular with Christians now, right? But, okay, that was off script. Here's what she talked about. <laughs> yeah. Here's what she talked about. She talked about reaching into the lives of people who are hurting and broken and, and living in darkness and trapped in underdeveloped situations and destructive relationships. That's what attracted me to my wife. Other things that have inspired me throughout history, uh, many of you know the story of William Wilberforce, who uh, in England was pretty much solely attributed for the abolition of slavery over there before it ever became a, a possibility over here. Uh, it took him decades to get that done. Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King Jr., both people who if you asked them to make a bucket list halfway through what God had called each of them to do, I can probably tell you what would have been on it would have been the gospel. In the movie, The Bucket List, the little tagline, you know how movies and books have the little taglines, right? Find the joy. See it? Find the joy. I promise each and every one of you, if you are looking for joy in the material and physical and tangible and sense sensual aspects of this life, you will come up empty every single time. God gave us the material world. He, he created the physical world. He called it good. There are things that he absolutely wants us to enjoy and participate in, and he provides for us through the material and financial possessions in this world and in our life, but not one of them can fulfill the deepest longings of our heart and our soul. And what Paul tapped into, and he's writing about to the Romans, is I found it. You want to find the joy? Do these, get in community with other people, become accountable. Take on the sin that is so easily entangling you, that's destroying your relationships, that's keeping you up at night, that's eating you up inside. Do business with your sin. Oh, and the other thing, go to places where the gospel hasn't been proclaimed, where people are in darkness and don't know Jesus, and be the gospel to them. You want to find joy? There's your prescription. There's the bucket list. Now, it looks different for each and every one of us, obviously. Not all of us are called to be a part of something like the Life Change Plan or like my wife work with at-risk youth. But I promise the bucket list that God is calling each and every Christian to will have those two characteristics as a part of them that will undergird them, that will inspire them. Martin Luther has a, a quote that I, I really, really love. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. Now, God loves us so much that he gives us some really difficult scripture that talks about this. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is writing to the churches, and, and he talks about um, this idea of wanting us to be on fire. You've heard the phrase, that, that, that person's on fire for Jesus. I think it might have been inspired by Revelation 3. Let's read 15 through 19. I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. This is Jesus again. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. 
Also, buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. You see, Jesus understands exactly what 1,500 years ago Martin Luther was talked about, talking about. He knows that our hearts only have the ability to fully devote themselves and worship one thing at a time. That we are only going to be hot and on fire for the things of this world to give us joy, deep joy, soul satisfaction. Or we're going to place all of that focus and devotion and worship and ambition on him. He knows. He knows and his heart is, please get hot, stir up the flames. Get on fire for me because, you know, one of the hardest things that God has to do is to look down on a lot of Christians who come and go from church, who have stopped cussing and watching really bad television, who are generally nice to their cashier and their Uber driver, but that's it. That's the sum total of their being a child of God. And what Jesus would say in in Revelation 3 is, that's lukewarm. That's lukewarm. Your bucket list hasn't changed. You have some religious knowledge. You've, you've possibly had a conversion experience. But you've so grieved my Holy Spirit. And you've so kept your bucket list on the things in this world, in this temporal world and life, that you're missing the opportunity for me to light the fire that gives you the joy that I want you to have. I made a little bucket list for Jesus. Uh, I think these are accurate. I don't know if Jesus would have maybe put his own bucket list together a little different, so give me a little license, okay? I did pray over this. Jesus' bucket list would have looked something like this. Leave heaven, love my enemies, heal people, teach truth, resist temptation and Satan, die to forgive the sin of the world, resurrect to overcome the power of sin and death, plant the church, send the Holy Spirit to my, to my children, return to heaven to pray for them. And Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be provided for you. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk about Martin Luther. It was 500 years ago. Um, it's a big deal, the Reformation Uh, But if you really dig into the history of Martin Luther, he was a pretty flawed man. Um, A lot of the Nazis used some of his quotes against the Jews. He he had a very deep hatred of the Jewish people. Um, He wasn't necessarily a lover of his enemies. (laughs) He had a little bit of a foul mouth, and he would call his enemies some some pretty rough names. Um, And you know, what that kind of reminds me of is that God can even use flawed and called human beings. Can he not? that we don't have to be perfect here today for us to change our bucket list. We don't have to wait till we achieve some level of holiness to turn our eyes toward Jesus and to change the things on our bucket list. Francis Chan has this quote, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding in things in life that don't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at the things in life that don't really matter. My prayer preparing this message all week has been that somebody this morning would have that knocked off your horse, struck by lightning experience. That God would wake you up to a lukewarmness that might be a reality in your life. 
an ambition for the things that are not on God's bucket list, that he doesn't have for you on your bucket list. Would you, would you all pray with me for that? God, thank you so much for allowing us to gather here today. Thank you for the scriptures which speak life. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask for your word to be sharp and active this morning. Would you pierce our hearts for where our ambitions don't line up with yours, to where our lives don't look like your sons? Help us to not wallow in shame or guilt or self-pity over it, but stir the flame within us to create a new bucket list, one that before we die and enter into heaven, we can look back and, and we can say, that's what you called me to do. And you can say, well done, good and faithful servant. We pray for that today. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come into this room in each of our hearts. For our ambitions and lives to change, but more than that, for the gospel to go out of this place and into the darkness and, and the hurting and the pain and the suffering of this evil world. We ask that all of this would be done in Jesus' name. Amen.